0: Oregon football lands a big wide receiver commit in Kyler Casper who will reclassify to the class of 2022 which is good news for the Ducks but not quite as good news for Arizona and Arizona State who are not able to keep a highly touted recruit at home implications of that plus a couple of guards from this past season one from Oregon State and one from Colorado both in the portal so where could they end up they might be in the conference next year They might not be giving an update of where their recruiting process within the transfer portal is at today on Locked On Pac-12. Here we go. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, everybody. Welcome in. I'm Spencer McLaughlin, your host. This is the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, your number one source to stay up to date with the Pac-12 conference every single weekday. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube. Just me today. Cindy is out and about, so you're stuck with me, everybody. And I appreciate you liking and subscribing wherever you are listening to and or watching this show and we're free and available on all podcast platforms. So if you're watching on YouTube, you want to hit up uh, hit us up on the podcast, you can do that because we're available everywhere here at Locked On. So bunch of topics to get to today. Let's start with Kyler Casper. And this recruitment came down to a few schools, most of which were in the Pac-12, but it actually wasn't expected that he would end up at a Pac-12 school. And for those of you watching on YouTube who watch regularly, I thank you for doing that. Yes, I did get a haircut, short hair for the win. Anyway, Kyler Casper was expected to go to Tennessee. That was kind of the the inclination if you look at, you know, those crystal balls on 24/7 or you read reports about, you know, where he was looking to go. His last visit actually was to Tennessee and all indications are that it went decently well. There was nothing that came out of it that you know, would have led you to believe that he's going to choose Oregon. This was a little bit of a surprise. So I think that's really good news for the Ducks, number one. And number two, it's a really good thing for the conference. But let's look at it from the Oregon perspective first, and then we'll get to the the conference writ large and kind of what it means for the Arizona school. So this is a guy who is a four-star wide receiver, but is very much bordering on five-star traits. I, I think that... When you look at recruiting writ large from a football perspective, it's pretty tough to be a five-star as a wide receiver. It can happen, but I don't think it happens super often. So when you get a highly rated four-star like this guy, you should know that that's about as high uh, of a grade as they're going to give a high school wide receiver. Just because guys are often, you know, a little bit thin. He's six five, 195 pounds. He could definitely bulk up a little bit and become you know, a premier number one wide receiver for the Ducks and head coach Dan Lanning up there in Eugene. So that's the good news for Duck fans. I mean, when you watch his film, he's got all the physical traits that that you could really want. Right. He's he's long. He's got great hands. He pinpoints the ball very well. He's super athletic. He runs really easily, something I'm very envious of. I played sports my whole life growing up, and so did my brother, and neither of us are tall. So you might be thinking, well, I mean, certainly you have to be quick to do that. Yeah, no, that's not the case. We are uh, very slow. My uh, sophomore year high school basketball coach actually gave me the nickname Cement Foot because he thought that when I was running, it looked like I was running in cement. I was so slow, which, you know, he's not wrong and still kind of like that. So when I watch these guys run with just the greatest of ease, it always pops off the screen to me. But he does a lot of things well for a wide receiver. And I think that's, you know, something that can be hard to find because he's not just, he can improve his route running a little bit, but he's got good speed. He runs very easily, got great hands, got good ball skills, uses his size. Well, but he's physical. I think my favorite part about watching his highlight reel is that he has made a concerted effort to show coaches and fans and everybody in the country that he's bringing a certain sort of attitude To the outside, and if you're going to be a true number one wide receiver, particularly I think at the college ranks, you have to be not just a willing blocker; you have to want to block people. And he has got that attitude. He will put guys on the ground. He will give you a blindside block. He will hit you hard. I mean, they call him crackback blocks on you know toss plays or outside sweeps, anything like that. He wants to hit guys, and he does that, and uses his frame very, very well. And he's 195 pounds right now. I think he could get up to the 205, maybe even 210, 215 range. You know, once he maybe maybe starts to bulk up, you know, eat, eat a couple cheeseburgers here and there. But most importantly, get in the weight room. Get in a college weight program and, you know, bulk yourself up so that you can use your physical tools that he has just uh, been gifted. And he knows how to use them very well. And he's already a very good athlete, but I think he get very get better. or He can get even better. There's also a video out there of him throwing down a between-the-legs dunk which I got to tell you is a really hard thing to do. And he does it with some violent authority, but in a very, very good way. So, you know, it, it's another recruiting win for the Ducks and Dan Lanning after they got a five star offensive lineman in the class of 2022, Josh Connerly. And, you know, Connerly's a guy who, if injuries happen on Oregon's offensive line, he could be playing in 2022. During a significant stretch of the season, depending on when that injury may or may not happen. I'm not saying I want that to happen because I definitely don't. You know, some of you may know me from Locked On Ducks. I host that show. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but it's just the way that things often go. And I think if, you know, guys don't prove themselves or, you know, hit their ceilings in the Oregon receiver room, guys like Dante Thornton or Troy Franklin, maybe Chase Cota underperforms as a transfer. There could be an opening there for Kyler Casper to step in and be an impact player. So. I think he's, he's got the physical tools to do that. He's reclassifying to the class of 2022. He was a top 20 wide out and a top 130 overall recruit in the class of 2023. So pretty nice get there for the Ducks. And they pick up another recruiting, or recruiting victory here in, in the last couple of weeks. But looking at it from a conference perspective, I think if you're Arizona and Arizona State, It doesn't feel great. Now, it feels worse for the Sun Devils than it does for Arizona, and I'll tell you why after I tell you about Built Bar. I love Built Bars. I honestly do. I had never been a power bar eater or any sort of bar really ever that just never been my thing, and then I was introduced to Built Bars, and now I load them in my golf bag every time I go out. They've got a bunch of great flavors, mint brownie, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie. Those are mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, Those are my go-tos, but they've got raspberry. They've got cherry, everything you can want. White chocolate, cookies, and cream. They've got them all. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. That's why they're in my golf bag. They keep me full and loaded, keep me going on the golf course. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Boy, without Cindy here. I gotta I gotta catch my breath a little bit and you know, remember to breathe. It can be tough to remember to breathe when you're just talking, host, hosting a show solo. I've done it many times, but sometimes I find myself out of breath. I'm like, dude, just take a breath. So, what does this mean for the Arizona schools? I think if you look at it from the perspective from the Arizona Wildcats, it's not great, right? You never want to see high-end in-state talent going elsewhere. The sign of a strong college football program is one that's able to keep its in-state talent at home. Now that's tougher in a place like Florida or California, you know, or Texas where you just have so many great recruits that you can't keep them all. But when you're in a smaller state, like an Oregon or a Washington Or Arizona, I think, is kind of in the middle. Washington's maybe in that area as well. Or if you're in Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, you know, these places that just don't have that many people, so you're not going to have that many great recruits. If you're a college football program in that state at the Power 5 level, if you are at a place where you want to be as a fan base and looking at it from a conference perspective, if your programs are strong the way that you want them to, most of your highly touted in-state recruits are going to stay at home and go to one of the state schools, right? So Oregon, from a recruiting standpoint, is in a really good spot. And most of the in-state recruits who were, you know, four- and five-star guys, but mostly, you know, I think three and four from the state of Oregon, you don't get a lot of five-stars out of there. They've been going to Oregon as of late. And Oregon has been recruiting very well versus Arizona that's been down the last several years, Arizona State that, You know, has been winning games, doing well, but on the recruiting trail, they're struggling in a big, big way over the last couple of years. This one in particular, they're 103rd nationally and they're last in the Pac 12. That's usually indicative of your brand as a school not being strong enough to where guys who are in state, you know, want to go just down the road and they want to explore their options elsewhere. So I think it's a little bit worse for Arizona State. But let me start with Arizona. So, you know, the Wildcats have just been unusually down they were a team that got to pack 12 championship games and got to a, a fiesta bowl with, with rich rod and uh, i think a new solomon was the name of their quarterback if i'm remembering that correctly wildcat fans you can uh, hop in the comments or dm me on twitter at smalls underscore 55 if i'm getting that incorrect but i think that i am remembering his name correctly you know their program that's capable of winning at a pretty high level in college football And they've just been down and Jed fish is trying to bring them back up. And I think early indications pretty darn good. I mean, they had a terrible season this past year, but they've been pretty terrible and he's got the recruiting moving in a positive direction. Do you like seeing an in-state guy like this go elsewhere? No, but number one, you lost to Oregon, which has been the recruiting power in the PAC 12 for the last several years. This is the fourth straight year. They will lead the conference in, in recruiting ranking coming into this season. so. And, and there's not enough recruits left, I, I don't think, in the class of 2022 where that could change, and this is only going to boost their rating as well. So if you're Jed Fish and company, you're not as happy about that, but you also have to think back a little bit. I just call him T-Mac. He was uh, another pretty highly rated four-star wide receiver that Oregon wanted, but Arizona ended up getting. And that was, a, that was a really significant thing because – You know, I'm in touch with with Duck fans. As I said, I host Locked On Ducks, and I co-host here on on Locked On Pac-12, sometimes a solo host, as some of you have been learning as of late. But those are the sorts of battles that in the last couple of years, Arizona wouldn't even have been competitive. And they probably wouldn't even have been in the mix for a guy like that. But they went toe-to-toe with Oregon, and they were able to sell sell T-Mac on going down to Tucson to be an Arizona Wildcat. So losing here on Kyler Casper to the Ducks, I I think is not as impactful for Arizona. I mean, you'd like to have the in-state guys stay home, but you're not going to get all of them when you're in a place where you're sort of rebuilding. So it's good for the conference writ large that after he was forecasted to go to Tennessee, he ended up staying in the Pac-12 because you have to bring in these sorts of players if the conference is ever going to get back to where they want to be. On the football field, and I don't know, win a bowl game. Like you have to have the sorts of players that can go toe to toe with the guys on the other side of the ball from other conferences like the Big Twelve, the SEC, and and the Big Ten and the ACC as well. So I don't think it's you know so bad for Arizona. Not great, but it's not quite as bad because you know having gotten T Mac. I think they should feel really really good about the potential they've got here with Jed Fish and what he's building for Arizona State. <sighs> You know, I've been pretty down on them here on the show since I started co-hosting, and I, I continue to be because I don't know how else to evaluate their football program. It's in complete disarray. You've got investigations and sanctions, and Jaden Daniels is leaving, and, you know, the Sun Devils missed on both of these guys. And, by the way, Arizona State in the last several years has had some really nice wideouts. Brandon iuke went to the NFL. Jalen Strong, you know, going back a few years. I think that was pre-Herm Edwards. Uh, Ronald Darby was really good. I don't know if I'm getting his first name right, but he was a good receiver. Like ASU has had some good players at wideout, And the fact that they missed on both of these guys, when they have that sort of branding, is that being a a position that they've been able to recruit and develop and send to the NFL? That that's not a great look if you're Arizona state and Herm Edwards. And, you know, I, I will say this unless they can make a big turnaround this season and somehow magically win nine to 10 games. I don't know how with everything that's swirling around the program and just the overall lack of momentum they have, how you keep Herm Edwards. I I mean, say they go seven and five this year. Okay. Are are you just going to keep settling for mediocrity? It's not like Arizona state doesn't have the money or resources, or reputation to be able to get to a Roseville to get to a new year's six game. Right. I think that's a reasonable next step in the development of their football program. But if Herm Edwards comes back in, you know, with everything that's been going down and they have a six, seven win season, I don't know how you bring him back because they've just got no momentum and you need that in college football. You need momentum. And here's a guy in your backyard. He's from Gilbert, Arizona originally, but Arizona state, not that far. it's an in-state recruit regardless of how far the drive is. I don't even know. I'm not a geography expert and I'm a, a geographically challenged anyway. So their recruiting class is last in the PAC 12 this year. This would have been a nice headliner to add because he's reclassifying in the class of 2022. And instead they're staying at the bottom of the pack. Like that's just an utter lack of momentum. You got guys in state who want, either want to go to your rival or go to a different West coast school and then you, you can't bring in high level recruits. They've been pretty active in the transfer portal, but that's sort of been it. And so everything just feels really bleak. It feels really down. And you know Utah's well above them. It feels like Chip Kelly's got UCLA in a place where they're, they're going to they're going to move past Arizona State if they haven't already. You know I, I just don't I I don't see what the upside is right now. If you're a Sun Devils fan, I don't know how you feel good about the football program. Like what do you have to cling to? Recruiting battles not there. On field performance, fine. But Jaden Daniels was a part of that, and he's no longer with the program. So it it just seems like there's not a lot going right down there in in Tempe. And um, unless that maybe they maybe they have a magical season turnaround coming. Maybe they do, but I I just I have not seen it, and I don't know how I don't know how you turn that around. It's it's a really tough thing to do, and it just seems that. You know, if this year goes the way that I think it might, which is probably in the five to seven win range, I think if you're Arizona State, you have to just kind of reset because you're seeing guys go elsewhere to your rival, to other schools, and you're not bringing in high level players to be able to compete at the level they're capable of. It just feels like they need a cultural reset because they've got no momentum. Speaking of momentum, there are two guards on the men's basketball side that have entered the transfer portal that could bring some momentum and juice to their new teams. They'll tell you who they are, who they are, and where they might be going after I tell you about Bet Online. Your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of major league baseball head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts arizona state man it's just it's it's tough time it's it's tough times down there in tempe to be a sun devil and you know basketball didn't go very well this season either but I mean, they saw Remy Martin leave and go win a national championship with Kansas. That's just, that's a tough feeling. That's, that's a tough, tough feeling as a program, but maybe they'll get one of these guys. Keyshawn Bartholomew and Jared Lucas are both in the portal from Colorado and Oregon state respectively. Lucas was with the Beavers this past year. I'll, I'll, I'll start with him. So the places where he might go. According to a recent tweet from John Rothstein, and we all know if you are a college basketball fan out there, John Rothstein, if he says it, it is true. End of story. Nope, No further discussion needed. Rothstein knows. Rothstein always knows. We sleep in May. So Jared Luke is in the portal. Now, Washington State is in the running. They just had a guard transfer to the Huskies, actually. So there might be an opening there if, if they're able to make that work. But the other schools that that they're in the mix with are San Diego State and Nevada. Now, here's here's the interesting dichotomy there for Jared Lucas. There's those are some solid schools to have coming after you, right? Washington State with Kyle Smith. They're trending in the right direction. Had a solid season. Might be poised, you know, with some young guys who I believe are coming back to take a jump th- this next year. But if you had a player like Jared Lucas, I think that could be kind of a headliner because he's what you describe kind of as a microwave or a, a jitter bug, a lightning spark, whatever you want to call it. He can get hot in a hurry. Now he can be streaky, right? He can have a game where he's two of 13 from the field, but when he gets cooking, he can put up points really, really fast. And so a guy like Kyle Smith, who had uh, some really nice guards come through at, at San Francisco, when he was the head coach with the Dons and the WCC, he knows how to coach guards. That might be a selling point there. Lucas, of course knows how to score against the team's, in the Pac-12, everybody who watched men's basketball this year knows that he's capable of doing that. But that's some stiff competition to be going up against. San Diego State and Nevada are both, you know, in a, normally tournament caliber teams. They've been in the NCAA tournament more than a couple times over the last five or six years. So those programs in the Mountain West, the Mountain West that sent more teams to the tournament than the Pac-12. Pac-12 teams got further. By the way, just thought I'd point that out. But the Mountain West has got a lot of quality programs in there. Nevada and San Diego State are definitely, definitely a couple of them. Nevada hasn't been the same since Eric Musselman left and went to Arkansas, where he's taken them, uh, where he got them to the Elite Eight this year. I think they went last year, too. I, wanna, I think they've been to the Elite Eight each of the last couple of years. He's a really, really good basketball coach, but that's some stiff competition, so we'll, we'll see where Lucas ends up going. He could go to a Pac-12 school, but based on that list, one out of three chance, and If he can carve out a role at San Diego State or Nevada, that's that's a pretty good spot to be. The other guy, this is an interesting player. Keyshawn Bartholomew might not be a name that, you know, super well, but he's in the portal. And last I heard, he's scheduled to visit both Oregon and Ohio State. So he might be staying in the conference. He might be leaving the conference. Now, this past year, after averaging just about, uh, I think, three and a half, four points a game, Uh, did did, was second on his team with 42 assists as a freshman, but this last year, sophomore season, he took a jump in production, big time, averaged 11 points a game while shooting 42% from the floor, 35% from beyond the arc. Who doesn't want a guy like that with two years of experience of power five college basketball, who's shown the ability to improve and has shown the ability to produce as well. I think that that's a really important thing here, right? He hasn't just been playing. In the pac 12 for the last couple of seasons but he also was very productive this past year kind of flew under the radar on a colorado team that was up and down this year and you know they were solid and they were you know kind of uh, every now and then you'd see them pop up on the bubble watch but you know they're kind of like washington state never really going to have a chance to get there but they were solid he was visiting oregon and ohio state the interesting thing to watch here is whether or not will richardson comes back for oregon if he leaves that would create an opening at the guard position. They do have five-star five star Dior Johnson coming in in the class of 2022. So it could be a little bit of a crowded backcourt, but Dane Altman has not been shy to go in the transfer portal. Davion Harmon is coming back after one season with the Ducks. Uh, he transferred from Oklahoma. He was a nice, productive player this year. Bartholomew might be a guy who, who they're able to slide in, but he might be looking for a starting job. And if Will Richardson's back, it won't be available. So I think that would be, you know, advantageous for Ohio State in, in, in that regard. So those are the updates on those guys. And we'll keep you going with where they're at in terms of their transfer portal recruiting right here on Locked On Pac-12, which is why you should like and subscribe. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.